gents was good people it's reg it's stone and we are here live live at the protest they're going nuts i've got my soul dollars we've looted about 15 stores i have my 5g phone which i'm triangulating to try to find the nearest police stations to go to face and uh that's about it. This is how it goes right here in uh, Fox News World. And back to you, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, in Fox News World, uh, it, it, there's somebody I know who, who, like, I will not say who this person is, but they basically said, wearing a mask is communism. So, you know, <laughs> the, the 5G <laughs> chemtrails have already gotten to her. But anyway, anyway, it's just 2020, man. 2020 is just like, look, it's like, like, expectations are so low for this year. I can't even like, I like muster up the energy. Like, what's the point? <laughs> what's you the know, point? it's, 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 it's one big long cancel plan. Basically that's, that's, that's this year. One big long cancellation of plans. It's yeah, all, it's all get, you have a nice little candle set out and just fucking X everything out. Dude, this is going to be my year. I was going to not be an introvert. I was going to be out at all the parties. I was going to be at the Makosas, you know, not streaming the Makosas, at the actual Makosas. Um, I, I sound like my uncle. The Makosas at the Makosa party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is what it is, fam. We, we're here. We, we are alive. Uh, I got my antibody test back yesterday. I'm COVID free. So, uh, you know, we out here, man. We're out here. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's look at the news, fam. What's what's going on? Um, we we had a reckoning in uh, in in. So look, every corporate entity in America is going through a reckoning right now because y'all all screwed over black and brown people, and you know. Like y'all all posted black Instagram squares, and we're like, no, 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 where are your receipts? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all thought y'all can get like post a square and everything will be cool. Oh, yo, we posted the square. We're cool. We're cool. We're, we're woke, man. You know, I'm out there. I, I see you, Rashawn. I see play, you. Steve Black, play. brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's cool to say Black Lives Matter now. Like that's not controversial. The polling, the testing has said that like, that is okay. <laughs> it's an it's, a, it's an acceptable marketing term now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man, but in reality, all these companies are are just like fucked up, and I I, I cannot be surprised that OK Player is the latest. And look, you and I, and I'm sure most of our listeners, we've been we follow OK Player since back in the day, right? Like it's it is the brand for your black nerdy music aficionado, like you know. Um, and I guess like like this week, um, the founder, I'm not founder, sorry, like the CEO or like the head of OK Player, um, was ousted. And there was a kind of a uh, campaign by like current and former workers to 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 like let him go to to push him out um, because essentially black women in particular were not getting treated fairly and compensated fairly within the company um, and yeah 
and that's and that's huge and it's really sad <laughs> that it's a black <laughs> a company that that so profits on black music and black likeness um to yeah. not compensate black people um, yeah no and, and and it's not anything new it's like at that same time complex was getting hit for you know basically having ex- people in exec levels being very you know pretty much just outside just racist you know not being good bosses, you know, abusing their abusing their workers, and that's another brand that traffics heavily in black culture. I I think it's an and and I could even crack an old joke. I remember a couple of years ago, before we started getting woke, there were a lot of there were a lot of um, buzz online for a lot of writers who said they were getting paid by Essence of all places. Mm. So I think it's the idea of where you know it's very easy to kind of say. All right, look, look at this corporate brand. Like, you know, look at them kind of, you know, abuse their back black workers. Look at them kind of, you know, siphon off, siphon off their fucking energy for whatever they're doing. But at the same time, we have to also have look, look at it. I guess what this last couple of weeks have been a reckoning of, you know, these media empires effectively built straight up on black culture, black lives. And I think it's only a matter of time. Like for me, you know. Like, OK Player is a special place. And I remember I used to moderate there for, for years. And it was pretty much, I'd make an argument where when OK Player popped up, it was pretty much like that and a couple of other message boards that kind of covered any kind of, like, black music. Obviously, since then, you've got fucking, obviously, you've got Complex, you've got DJ Vlad, you've got all these little fucking places that kind of sprinted off. But that was, like, the first, like, little section that kind of made. And they've been influential. And you've got people like the Tusamero who's fucking branched off from there. Like, it's it's something that's been around for a minute. And it's kind of a, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brand that's got a name to it. And it's kind of unfortunate where... Even in a place where, you know, very woke, you know, there's a reason why Eric Badu was on that roster early on, you know, yeah. who's actually posting that for him, too. And it's kind of sad to kind of see, like, even these guys are fucking it up. It'd be one thing if it was, like, some crazy money hats and not not to be that kind of guy and complex, you kind of could kind of get it. But, like, OK Player, which is, you know, very early on, you should stress these free shows and yada, yada, yada. The Roots Picnic, very, as far as a brand is concerned, you could say it's very, quote, unquote, woke for them to have dropped the ball. It's, you know, everybody's kind of susceptible to kind of these things. And I think it's a time for everybody to kind of do like self-reflection. And it's very easy, particularly them, because they could say, hey, they look up. Everybody's black. A lot of black women and say we're doing our jobs. But obviously what people have come out is like, you know, they weren't getting paid. A lot of free labor, a lot of gaslighting, gaslighting, outright sexual harassment. Like these are things you really can't have in any kind of environment. But at least, and this is going to be sad to say, at least in the white corporate environment, they have the excuse of we didn't know. You know, we were behaving this behavior because we were so socialized. We don't realize that, oh, we're actually treating our black boys, black employees shitty. But to have that happen at a brand, which is basically a lot of black employees who's built off a culture, who's not used to, you know, seeing all types of blackness walk inside of their doors. For them to drop the ball is just fucking disheartening. And, you know, it's 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 about time that fucking motherfuckers are made to pay and realize what they do, what they've done wrong and kind of show up and really make those changes. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Uh so two things. Um seven or eight, maybe nine years ago, I actually interviewed for a job at OK Player. Um and long story short, I actually pulled myself out of the running because I was still running cow sessions and it was just I don't know. It would have been weird at that point to like uh have a bunch of people who just started working for cow sessions and then jump ship to a rival like organization. So I pulled myself out of the running. Um, the most interesting thing about that time at OK Player was 
I looked around. I was like, and all the people who were interviewing me, like they're all white. Oh like, yes. I was like, whoa, what is this? And this is my first year in New York, or first year and a half in New York, and I didn't realize how much uh, around, like, how much of like these black brands. And I'm not just talking about OK Player. I'm talking about music labels, like the urban departments of music labels, uh, the urban departments of of media or organizations. How much of that is like actually ran by white people? <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's, it's disheartening. <laughs> Yeah, so it was really kind of crazy to see that. Now, this actual individual, I, 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 I never met this dude. I've never, like, I'm not in the industry anymore, so I don't know, like, what his his, his uh, cachet was. But this is actually a black person. This is a black dude who, who they let go. Um, and he was practicing a lot of the same issues you're, look, you're finding now in all these other media organizations that are... Uh, going through the, the, the whole reckoning, like Bon Appetit and, you know, Condé Nast, Complex, um, you know, uh, Refinery29, um, like, you know, BuzzFeed, like things like that. Like, the funny thing is, even though now OK Player had a black head, is they're doing the same issues as all these other white organizations <laughs> in terms of mistreating black people and especially black women and not paying them. Um, and I think for me, one of the things that's really interesting as a person who's ran a media organization, it's like the whole like media just needs to have its own reckoning and they need to have this like across the board, black, white, whatever. Right. Like if you can't pay people, then like your business model is flawed, <laughs> you know, and and if you know that you can't pay people, but you hire people, if you know that you can't pay people. And like, you know, you know, like you have inherent biases that you, you think that black people are not as worthy. Um, then again, like, like that's, <laughs> you need to like look inside yourself, like the whole industry, like top to bottom. Um, Cause you know, I guess what happened to okay play at okay player is I guess surprising, but again, like it's not just okay players going through this, like every other media organization is going through this. Um, it's, I think it's just sad that it's a black person, a black like b- black person at the head of OK Player, that's practicing the same bullshit that like a Refinery Twenty Nine or Bon Appetit's doing. Um, that's the saddest part to me, you know. Yeah, no, agreed. It's the idea where it it, it be your own people, ancient African proverb. Whereas it's <laughs> the idea of where like you know you figure that those and and again it isn't excusing in either circumstance, but at least if somebody's just like, hey man, you know. I went to Harvard. I did this. I did that. You know, grew up a lot of honor bros. You know, I I I didn't see it because you know I I, I was just never exposed to that environment. If somebody black in charge, you figure that they would be they they would have a keener ear and a keener eye to a lot of the fuck boy shit that happens, and they kind of see them you know push that same kind of fucking you know environment. It kind of makes you wonder if, like you said, it's it's just media in general. Like you know, going back to the white bro who kind of says they didn't know to okay players. It's like maybe at a certain level, you guys kind of all know you just expected that's what's supposed to be the media place. And it's unfortunate because these places are built off you know a lot of young black talent. Like these are people yeah. where you know, like they they are the culture for lack of a better term. So it's disheartening where you guys have this fucking. You know, you've got these young, bright, eager fucking creatives that walk through your door and basically your business model is just to suck the fucking life out of them. (laughs) 
just yeah. like not even no nurturing, no mentoring. Just like how can we, you know, this is a 24 year old bright eyed, you know, talented writer, designer, so and so. How do we get them to be a 27 year old burnt out husk of a human being? <laughs> But that's, and I feel like that's the thing, though. Like, that's what media is. It's like, we, we, we get you in New York. We pay you, like, I mean, it was just crazy to me, like, when people were telling me, like, I had, you know, friends working in media telling me their salaries are, like, like intro salaries, like $25,000 a year, 30K a year, 35K a year, right? Like, and these are, like, reputable organizations, right? So, like, oh, we'll pay you this, and you have to pay your dues, right? You have to, like, work your ass off seven days a week. And maybe in, like, a few years you get, like, a manager position. Or maybe in a few years you get, like, more clout. Um, you know, editorial position, maybe. But, like, you might have to do some crazy-ass shit along the way to get to, the, to those positions. Um, so the whole, like, the whole, like, like, infrastructure is broken. Like, the whole infrastructure is messed up, you know? And, again, like, if you're an okay player, like, you now have the opportunity. Like, like you should not have been, like, trying to play that, like, capitalist white man game, which is what it is, you know? Like, like you should be playing a different game, right? Um, so, hopefully, they'll get, they'll hopefully, you know, I know they, they've taken some steps. Apparently, they're going to actually have an HR department. <laughs> they've never had before (laughs) so apparently they're doing some things like that you know and 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 look i mean i i i've enjoyed like the okay player brand for a long time it's it's been one of my intros to music um you know and it's crafted the way i think about music so i want the brand to survive i'm glad they're actually taking you know very proactive steps but um, it's just kind of sad to see, um, like, them doing what they did. Um, I guess it's not surprising, but it's still kind of sad to see. Yeah, no, and like I said, hopefully, like, I know there's a lot of rumbles. People kind of accused them that they did it a little bit, you know, too little, too late. But ideally, considering, like I said, they, they were at their forefront, they really care about their image. Hopefully, like, you know, all this ex- getting exposed to the sunlight will kind of make them do the right choices and that, you know, it'll be an example of where you don't have to have a media organization where the whole thing is to get over and, you know, to take as much as we possibly can without giving anything back. So, you know, like yeah. I said, those good steps are good. They gave out a good, good you know, on, on paper. You know, Questlove kind of gave that little statement. Hopefully they kind of move things forward. And, you know, in the future is a place where the young town can actually get nurtured. So, you know. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, um. Speaking of people who know how to nurture young talents, I, I, I don't have that intro. <laughs> yes, I, like, I, I almost had this? it. I almost had it. I was gonna. <laughs> say, I, I could have possibly whipped out a Gap Kids joke, but and or Kanye West joke, but I was like, nah, not worth it. But anyway, or the 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 hype lord supreme, the beast god, the man who use makes sure you thousands, if not millions, probably millions, probably now, millions of kids spend spend three hundred bucks on objectively ugly ass sneakers Kanye West has had a signed deal with Gap 10 year deal to basically revamp their whole line nothing sneaker related but everything else is up for grabs so he'll be doing Gap Kids he'll be doing adult shit to whatever they do it's basically the house of Kanye West now for the next fucking decade yeah Um, (laughs) yeah and then the thing is all right. so obviously once the news came out the Gap market cap went up by a billion dollars. It's a big deal. The Gap is a long-term brand. As somebody who's kind of 
paid. You know, I have my little own hype beast history myself. I've kind of paid attention to that brand. It's very interesting because it feels like there's a cycle where every couple of years they'll kind of, uh, you know, become uncool or uncooler, I should say, because Gap is not necessarily burning in the streets. They'll hire some new creative blood. I remember that happened a couple of years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, when the denim craze was popping out. They'll make really, really great, reasonably priced product. And immediately they'll basically fumble the bag because they're kind of a little bit heavily focused on margins. So I remember my favorite was the 1969 Jean Project where it comes out. Great jeans, selvage, you know, shit that you would get in Japan. It's Now it's made in America. Well, not really made in America, but at least you get it in America for a reasonable price. Great jeans. So maybe that lasted about a season or two. Then they said to themselves, wait, we're spending X amount of money to make these jeans, you know, these high quality jeans. Why can't we just take that same brand and staple it on some jeans that are cheaply made in fucking, you know, in Indonesia and then call it a day. And that's what they kind of did. And that's what they kind of been doing where, you know, if you had black creatives, white creatives come in there, design some really good lines for a couple of seasons and then magically those deals fade away. Um, obviously, in this in this era of fucking COVID, in this era of where fast fashion like H&M and Zara are fucking kind of reigning supreme, the gap is kind of falling away, away, away. And this is them to kind of ride the ship. Enough where I remember they were doing so bad at a certain time, they were going to actually try to get the Old Navy brand separate away from the Gap brand because they didn't want to have that toxicity because <laughs> Old Navy was doing really well and, and the Gap was doing so shit. So they kind of restructured yeah. it so that way it's almost a whole separate part of the company. And so this is a good move for Gap. It's a good move for Kanye West. Um, I mean, it's it's it, this is where we struggle, whereas the idea of where, you know, normally you want to say, hey, there's this a black man out there who has these dreams, you know, make it on his own terms, blah, blah, blah. But then again, Trump voter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I again, I'm 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 probably more of a fan of Kanye West than most black men in America are. Um, like, look, I, he votes for Trump. He's probably, you know, has some bipolar issues that he needs to take care of. Um, but again, like, he's no R. Kelly. He's no, like, you know, whatever. Like, he's, <laughs> he's a loving <laughs> father and husband. Like, you know, <laughs> what, what can you ask for, right? Um, so, uh, and, and the other thing, too, is, like, he's not made great music in probably, what, like, three, four years since, since Pablo, right? So, whatever. Yeah. But, you know what? I want Kanye to win. This is the one. Look, 2020 has been a weird ass year, and I did not predict predict a Kanye West Gap collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> like no, like like I could not call the Gap. Like maybe the H and M, you know, like like maybe H and M, like or Zara or whatever. Not a Gap Gap collabo. Did not see that coming. Um, gap is. I wouldn't say it's the whitest brand in America. That would probably like be like J. Crew or something, or Tommy Hilfiger or Ab- Abercrombie. Aber- Abercrombie, Abercrombie is, is the, the whitest, whitest brand. In America. Is the whitest brand in America. <laughs> um, but you know, Gap is it's it's like it's just clothes. It's like so middle of the road. There's nothing super exciting about them. Like for the past khakis. Few years, khakis, it's khakis everywhere. Look, look, I like Gap because Gap has some sales, man. Gap, Gap's like has some fifty percent off sales, and you get that Gap cash. You know, I like Gap, <laughs> but uh, Gap pay me for that. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's just it's, it's, it is not the brand I thought like like would back Kanye. 
Um, I, I just want Kanye to win. I'm not a fan of Kanye's design sensibilities at all, but he did like um, uh, put up a black woman um, as the creative director, which is really, really amazing. Which is awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. Um, I guess like uh, Gap was going to like work with this black British designer for the longest time. Um, and that kind of get got paused by COVID. So I'm not really sure. I forgot that that designer's name, but hopefully that designer Teflar. will get folded. Teflar, yeah, yeah, the brand, Teflar. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, hopefully they get folded into it as well. Uh, I, I think if they are smart about this, like this could be the bomb and every black person in America could be like rocking the gap. Um, I just, I just don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't, I'm not as confident in seeing that happen, but again, I don't want it to fail. I want it to win. You know, I, I, I want, I want Kanye to win. I want black people to win. Like, uh, the fact that this moved the needle, uh, for a market cap by a billion dollars shows America and wall street, like our value as black people and you know, whatever. Um, and also too, like, Again, like if Kanye's putting black people uh, on like on behind the scenes, that's also a win as well. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be critical. I'll probably be critical when I, when I see like the actual Yeezy Yeezy season, like like uh, burlap sacks. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw I saw like a, a woman walking down the street in like like the Yeezy burlap. And really in, in Harlem, yeah. And I was just like, "Whoa! Like this is like, <laughs> wow! Whoa! You know? So uh, like the Gap burlap, you know? Like if that's gonna be the thing, <laughs> as long as I get that Gap cash and that fifty percent off, I might be about that life, you know? <laughs> Walking around looking like Moses." <laughs> <laughs> Look, the way 2020 is going, like it's going to end up being like fucking, um, fuck uh, yeah, like a shit. What, what, Mad Max, anyway, you yeah, know. Mad, yeah, no. It's sadly enough, <laughs> we're making fun, but if there's any must-have fashion accessory in 2020, it has to be the Kanye burlaps. Like that's yeah. the perfect fucking. You know, so, we're all out here sweating over fucking, you know, Nike sweatpants, but that burlap shit is just like you got form, you got function, everything you need for a work at home life, you got right there. And if you ever step out, you could be like, bitch, this cost me fucking 500 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> look, like like that, 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 that uh, apocalyptic look might be in. So this might be perfect timing for the boy. Yeah, look at look at him <laughs> ahead of the curve. I, I will never doubt you again, Sir Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and then I get, I get last quick news is uh, I, I, it's not surprising. So you know, before early on three months ago, you know, COVID was new. We were all happy to be working at home, and you know, it's got to be just a little bit, you know, blah blah blah. You had a couple of concert postponements. You know, we'll do all these things in the fall and the winter. It'll be great. Don't worry. Don't worry about those tickets. We got you. Everything you want to see, just put in the fall. It's basically, long story short, Bonnaroo was probably, I think, one of the last holdouts that were still hoping they would be able to have a show by fall, and that kind of got canceled. So, I mean, I don't think it's news to anybody else, you know, except for sports teams. <laughs> but I yeah. think the idea, <laughs> the idea of us getting together in any kind of capacity that's like, you know, besides a couple of dozens, maybe, is, is kind of, it's a wrap for 2021. Like, no, no festivals, no concerts party done effectively 
Yeah, fam. Um, not surprising, I guess. I know that the you know Coachella got canceled too, and they're trying to do something in October. Um, you know, I, I think I think hope is is is, is fleeting right now. Um, in terms of like live concerts, I've seen some smaller things starting to pop off, and I know like there's a couple people who are trying to do like some small like under fifty people type things in terms of concerts. Um, but you know, in terms of like the large, your large festivals, like, I think that's, that's dead and it's going to be interesting to see like what's going to happen in 2021. Like would like, you know, cause everybody's going to go Coachella. Everybody's probably going to go Bonnaroo. Um, but there's some festivals that, um, I think it's like Lollapalooza maybe like there's a couple of festivals that were not do- really doing that great financially. Um, so there might be some festivals that just never come back out of this, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not surprised, but I, I think, you know, yeah, you're right. Back in March, everybody, you know, when they canceled South by people were like, okay, cool. They canceled South by, but you know, by like, by like Memorial day, we'll be okay. And then it's like, oh, snap, they canceled Roots Festival. But, you know, like, it's okay. Like, we still got our festivals in the fall. We, like, so Labor Day will be okay. And now it's just like you're seeing, like, all these these festivals that are rescheduled in the fall get canceled. And you're like, shit, it's, it is a wrap for this whole year. Um, and I don't, I don't even want to be thinking about, oh, you know, but, like, my New Year's will be cool, right? <laughs> I, I, I think I'm done with trying to have hope, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a matter. Of t- I mean, it's and it's and I mean, it's like, thank God. I mean, there's been a couple of things that they've tried. I know they would have a country concert that's going to be based around people in bubbles, and you know, at least thankfully, at least from what I've seen, nobody from the live music industry is really pushing for it. I think it's less about them being good people, but more knowing the fucking <laughs> the insurance liability of it all. Where you know if they if they contact trace your show, what could happen? Where yeah. if you end up being a ground zero for a fucking an outbreak. But um, like I said, thankfully, I it's it's kind of you know nobody's really fighting against it. Everybody's sad. Everybody's trying to find alternate revenue streams. Don't get me wrong, but it looks like everybody's kind of doing the right thing and not giving anybody hope. You know, it's pure cancellation. Um, I, I I and. You know, I, I do know that to a certain extent, I know your, your live nations are trying to keep the cash or kind of keep, keep very mum, where they were like, oh, only if there's an official rescheduling, we'll give you the cash back, yada, yada, yada. But I think everybody's kind of got to give up the ghost and kind of figure out what they're going to do for next year, as opposed to trying to squeeze money out of the stone this year. It's, it's, a, it's a done thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But, uh, but what's not done is new music. New music. And uh, I, I think we've, we've this one's been coming for a minute. Um, this is a band me and Stone have geeked about often on this podcast. Um, Salt, they kind of came out of nowhere last year with this uh, record called Five. Um, covered dance funk, Afrobeat, solid R&B, very black music, mysterious members. A couple of months later, they followed up with Seven, very much in the same line. Quality still consistent. Love them both. But out of nowhere, they dropped a new record called Untitled. And I, I, it's one of the few times where I feel like I'm not black enough to listen to this record. <laughs> Full confession. <laughs> you know? 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dark skinned and shit. You know, I know all the slang, but you know, I got my moments. You know what I'm saying? I, I still read my little geeky white comic, you know, like my metal music. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain things, but you know, when I listen to this new Salt record, I feel like, you know, I, immediately I feel the RBG covering, covering me all over like a, like a beautiful warm cloth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fam. So, so yeah, I, look, um, you turned me on the salt very early. Um, I've been standing for this band, and I was telling you prior to uh, recording the podcast, I am standing for the, this band. Like, and I haven't stand for a band in a long time where I'm like trying to send people, like, yo, have you heard this? Have you heard this? I'm like, like sending people text messages, things like that. Um, because I think the music is great. Like, this is their third album, and they're only getting better. Um, it, it's kind of just, just crazy to me that the product, you know, the, the lyrics are amazing, especially on this album. The production is really amazing. Um, and again, this is their third album in like a year. Like, yeah, that, that is, you know, usually when you have that output as an artist, like things start degrading and this is they're only getting better, uh, which is really crazy. Um, and they're still mysterious. Although I think the veil is being lifted. Um, I know, uh, so my boy Tariq Moody, shout out, shout out to uh, Tariq did like an NPR, um, like a listening session on Friday. And uh, the dude Cosmo Baker leaked out all of us and confirmed all our suspicions in the chat that it is Inflow, which is a producer from the UK who works with Michael Kuwanika. Damn, I messed it up. Um, worked with a few artists, uh, Michael Kunuka, Jungle, a few of those artists. He's a producer. Uh, and then Kid Sister and Cleo Soul, um, that they've been confirmed as like the two vocalists. Although I do think there's still other vocalists that have popped on. I've heard other people who sound like Santi Gold and Pharrell and things like that. I, I do think that's happening. Um, but anyway... Um, I've just been a huge fan of this, this, this band and this album. And this album is great. Uh, it is the album of the moment in terms of, you know, just with the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's the best response I've seen so far from the music from the mu- music and creative communities uh, in terms of, like, like, the protests that have been going on and the police violence and things like that. Um, so far, we've had Beyonce track, which is cool. Beyonce. We've had an Anderson Pock track, which literally was just like, I think it was a, probably another Anderson Pock song that he just changed the lyrics to. You know, it's way too groovy to be a, like a protest song. It's like the protest after party. Um, <laughs> and uh, had, little Baby had one. <laughs> oh, Little Baby. Little Baby okay. had. Yeah, okay. that wasn't that bad. It, it, was, okay. it was. It was. It was. All things. All things considered, it's more like I didn't know he had it in him. Not, and nothing anything unique, but very much a protest song. So I was very happy to see some, some of the youngins, the young, the trap youngins showing That's their true colors. And, and, and so we had that. And then we just had the wackest beef of all time between like No Name and J. Cole. <laughs> <sighs> you know, so we haven't had a lot so far. And I think Soul, Soul, the Soul album is, is one of the blackest albums, I think, in the past two or three years. Uh, it starts off like with. Uh, kind of this soliloquy called like Black Is. There's a, a song called Black, which is great. It's just like, it's just literally repetitive. I'm black. I'm black. Um, but there's songs like We Cry, We Die, uh, which actually when you start like digging into the lyrics, just kind of talking about like 
Um, why do we have to go through this again? Um, there's just like these, this playing around uh, with different styles and lyrics and repetitions um, and just like um, production shifts um, and kind of setting these like just different narratives that I've not seen um, in any other album in a long time. And I think they're really good at it. And also too, like I think Inflow is actually um, his background is like African. So like there's a couple of tracks like um, uh, that just have more of an Afrobeat sound, like uh, Stop Them, um, Don't Shoot Guns Down. Um, like those have like more of an Afrobeat quality to them. But again, like this, this album is 20 tracks um, and it's over like, you know, almost an hour and it doesn't feel like it has 20 tracks. You know, like it's not like a Migos album. <laughs> I, I, I think it's because why you called it out is the idea of where, un, unlike the Migos, where, you know, particularly as of late, where it's just basically interchangeable beats and rhymes, with Salt is that they are so talented where you could have a straight up Filakudi Afrobeat song and, and you could go transition straight into like a literally a 60s Motown throwback. What I love about the album is the idea of where, like on paper, it's, this could have been a really bad idea. Where, not to say that, you know, Salt in the Past isn't dabbled in protests or, you know, conscious music. I remember on the first record, um, was it Foot on Neck, which was fucking a great ass, angry ass, fucking anti police brutality song. This whole album is kind of crafted around that where, you know, every corner is about, you know, black life, you know, black, black strife, black, you know, achievement, black fucking, you know, the black is literally almost like, hey, why don't we make a protest album like would have been happening around the civil rights era, which on paper is kind of a weird thing to kind of do because it's like, how do you kind of maintain that cohesion for a movement that kind of is pretty much all of us, you know, everybody involved, our ages, you know, these are those are our parents' battles. Uh, the sad, cynical answer could be it's because it's still our battles. These things haven't necessarily been fixed since then. Um, so these feelings are still relatively fresh. But I think what kind of gets me is the idea of where just how with all those weird, diverse genre switches where here's an Afrobeat song, Here's a song that's more fucking pure R&B. Here's a song that's straight 60s soul fucking, you know, soul fucking Motown. Here's a song with a lot of weird, because there's one track where, like, they'll play the hook and they'll, they'll fuck the hook up a little bit, so it almost sounds like a remix. Like, yeah. you've got all these things happening. There's one with definitely trap hi-hats. And they do all these stylistic shifts, and it's A, cohesive as an album, and B, makes the album diverse enough where even though it runs, you know, relatively long for a lot of albums nowadays, you don't get tired of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, I think like, one of the things that's really interesting about this album, too, is a protest album. Like, you do have kind of, like, your kind of your standard, and I'm saying, like, this is, like, a bad thing, but your standard, like, like police are bad, police are killing us in the streets. But there's a lot of uplifting tracks on this album too absolutely you know, which I, I think that's the thing that you know, like pray up stay up miracle like miracle like there's there's this like um one thing like one day i'll realize i'm a miracle right like it, there, there's those type of tracks too which kind of harken back to the civil rights era and they're not protest songs they're more like hey yo this, this shit is crazy we need to uplift the people <laughs> right <laughs> so uh so the, there are those tracks there too which i think is is very interesting because i think you could default like really really 
quickly to like a fuck the police type of anthem or like yes. oh, you know whatever but again like there's so many other facets to the black experience within this time period um so i i really liked and enjoyed the fact that there are uplifting tracks on here um yeah, it became I, one long, one long fuck the police cliche, like on paper. And like I said, for some reason, it's it's not. It's really just a well, like forgetting about the topic. It's a well-rounded album where they could have been singing about fucking, you know, the secret lives of, of of flowers and trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stevie Wonder Part Two. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing too is like there's there's a few tracks, and I know Monster is one of them, where they're like kind of talking to white people in this weird way, kind of saying like, "Hey, like you're kind of the monster under the bed. Like you need to look in at yourself, right?" And I think this. I know Monster is one of them, and it's another track where it's like, again, like nobody else is doing <laughs> this type of music right now. Saying like, hey, white people, okay, cool, you like our first two albums? Like, hey, like, listen to this track. <laughs> 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 you know, like, you're the monster under the bed. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's truly amazing. And I guess the, only, uh, the other thing that Cosmo dropped too is like, they record these albums in a matter of days. Um, Cosmo dropped that seven was recorded in a day. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's why, you know, they can do this really quickly, but to do this at this level and just record in a day or two, um, that's insane. That's truly insane. Uh, like, I'm just waiting. Oh, I just want to see him live, man. Like, Oh, I imagine some of this shit live. Ooh, oh I, man. I, I, it's gonna fucking it's, it's it's like I said the instrumentality it's not cheap sounding like it sounds yeah. fucking like you know they use electronic instruments they use real instruments it's not like they kind of go out there and you know in their own garage band put in the fucking fake ass fucking horns and shit like those bass lines are organic ass bass lines you know what I'm saying it's 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 I'm flabbergasted that they said they record over days because it sounds like weeks of oh, yeah. fucking work oh yeah no definitely definitely. So, uh, solo, dude. I mean, we're fans of this album. Like, I'm definitely a fan. I could talk about this album all day. Like, it, it, it is truly, it's definitely my number one album of the year right now. Um, like, hands down. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I almost feel like it's somebody like a Beyonce is kind of on notice, right? Like, like what, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> In this it's, moment, it's, it's... you know, because yeah. Yeah, and then, like, because that's, like, the last thing we wanted to discuss, ironically enough, was Beyonce and how she has that, you know, she had her new song that kind of came out, and to piggyback off that, she's going to have a Black Parade. She's going to have that Disney, um, you know, a, a visual album that's kind of apparently based a lot off the work they did for Lion King. And and I don't want to disparage Beyonce, per se, because somebody of that stature who's basically at the top of the pop world, for them to be unapologetically black, this the last couple of albums in her career... It's a great thing, but yeah. I, I think that you know, going back, how can I? I could make this work. I was gonna give the whole Jay Z like we're beyond, we're we're past kneeling, <laughs> but it's the <laughs> idea of where, you know, it's it's cool. We're all in formation, but what happens next? You know, it's, yeah, it's you know, it's it's very nice to kind of draw on this imagery of just strength and toughness. But like you said, it's like it's it's cool to have this album where like they they talk about you know black fragility. They talk about, you know, the, the, the loving moments. Talk about, you know, the positives of being black. It's not just all militancy. And also, it's not, even in the militancy, it's very easy to say, you know, rise up against the power. But what does that mean? When you kind of say monsters, it's like, hey, you know, you guys who think you're allies, you're not necessarily our allies. 
And I think that is a space for them to play. And I'm hoping that, you know, again, no, no disparage for Beyonce because she was somebody who was out there, you know, making all these white racists flip their fucking minds when their quote unquote Super Bowl was interrupted by fucking the Black Panthers. But it's the idea of where like now it's the time for if you're going to do like music of, of the moment of, of what's happening out there in the streets, it's the idea of where you kind of have to like, you know, broaden your horizons, kind of bring it a little differently and kind of show, you know, all the facets of the black struggle and, and the, the goodness of being black, the positives. It's not just, you know, it's not just militancy. It's not just, you know, fuck the cops. It's not just, you know, police reform. It's not just, you know, defund the police. It's about fucking everything. You know, it's, it's, um, I want to have to use another Jay-Z fucking quote. It's very depressing. Right. This is very sad for me right about now, Stone. But I remember his <laughs> idea of when he said, like, you know, my presence is charity, which was a cop out at the time because he was saying, hey, by me being this billionaire, black billionaire shows you, you know, it's, it's, it's automatically a sense of fucking radicalism. That was very lazy and very bullshit. But I think it's the idea of where, you know, when our voices are kind of been stamped down and kind of repurposed and kind of used to kind of sell these brands, it's time for us to be black, you know, white, you know, white, full widescreen, HD, 4K television black. And I think that's the opportunity here. And hopefully, you know, Salt has kind of captured it. Hopefully Beyonce will capture it when her video, visual visual quote unquote album novel comes out is the idea of like showing hey there's so many facets of it and this is what you're kind of been missing out by having white supremacy beat us down yeah definitely definitely and, and look I, i'm not trying to disparage beyonce like I, i'm i'm looking for the rock that's going to be thrown through my window um <laughs> you know from the beyonce stands um but but how I, about this though we start the salt hive we start beef with the beehive and we use that publicity Oh, see, I'm, I'm thinking like a Zoomer now. I got that Zoomer thought. You know, what I'm saying? Oh. Uh, yo, <laughs> hey, you like you you were saying before uh, before the, the the podcast. We need to, to, to get that that K-pop mentality, <laughs> K-pop <laughs> fan mentality <laughs> in our salt fandom. No, let's let's get this popping, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm gonna get anime avatar. It's gonna be it's gonna be in the streets, man. Like like the K-pop stands, man. They're killing it. They're 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 gonna like get the president elected. Like they're gonna get Joe Biden elected. It's gonna be K-pop stands. Like that's uh, gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then Biden's gonna make one like, who the fuck is Black Pink comment? And that's it. They're gonna take down his presidency right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of true. That's actually kind of true. Uh, but anyway, all I'll say with Beyonce, like, look, I, I I know Beyonce is going to do an amazing job and she's gonna do well. I just I want, I just hope it's measured right because we don't need like. I don't think the movement needs a Beyonce album. We, you know, we need like a balance and we need like, you know, some reflection and we also need some, some activism as well. And I feel like you can't just throw out an album um, and just call it Beyonce album and have people, cause I, I think people are looking for receipts right now. And, and I think you're kind of right. Like Jay-Z uh, has been a little sus for the past couple years um, and you can't just throw something out there and have people kind of like, you know, say, oh, shit, uh, like we, we support you, you know. So um, that's all that's all I'm looking for with the Beyonce album. I'm I'm going I'm going to listen because I want to watch and listen because I'm, I'm a Beyonce stand, you know. Uh, but I, I just hope it's not too over the top that it distracts from like the movement. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I, I think is and this is a future podcast. I think while we kind of get receipts, it's 
it's and it even goes back to what we're talking about the black box where I think we're gonna see a lot of cases of that black box kind of getting abused of where you know Black Lives Matter is gonna be a quote unquote brand, and it's the idea of where it's gonna you know a lot of a lot of PR performative fucking wokeism where it's just to sell fucking T-shirts, albums, fucking movies. And I'm just hoping that, you know, as the movement kind of becomes more and more fucking active, you know, you just look at Pride, where, you know, you've got these organizations where, you know, once fucking June hits, rainbows everywhere, rainbows everywhere, fucking, they'll hire all these fucking, you know, I I saw fucking Laverne Cox doing a fucking Smirnoff commercial, I think, you know, no, it was absolute. But anyway, you know, they take these faces, marginalized faces to kind of throw it out to kind of say, hey, you know. We we're down with the cause, but you know it's that's not really being down with the cause. Yeah, but it's only after the yeah. focus groups say it's okay, right? Like, yeah, it, you know it wasn't the case like five years ago. Like you didn't have companies investing in pride because they're still skittish, right? You didn't yeah. have companies saying Black Lives Matter like four years ago because they're skittish. Now, like the focus groups say it's okay, and and you know you get this kind of fake corporate activism. Um, and not saying Beyonce is that, but I'm just saying like it, you can easily kind of be that if you're somebody like Beyonce or Jay Z, who that's kind of the world that they they're in, and that's my biggest fear for this album. So, yeah. um, but you know, like again, like I, I I still stand for Queen Beyonce, Queen Bay. You know, don't throw a rock through my window. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Have, yeah. we, 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 don't, we don't want no beef, man. I, 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 may, I like to be able to go on my, online in peace and not being attacked by a thousand and one people. My Instagram posts being fucking without death threats. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, like I anyway. said, there's, there's enough under the tent for everybody. I just want to see it. You know, everybody thrive. That's all. That's right. That's right. That's right. And on, and on that note, it's Reg and Stone, and we wish y'all love, peace, and hair grease. Until Soul next time, people. Train. Oh shit! I know you <laughs> yeah, busting that out. I don't know. I felt like it felt. I felt like a moment. I feel like it's a salt album, man. Like I told you, I feel feel my black powers coming in stronger. <laughs> this this gargantuan. I'm about to go outside and smoke a Newport. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, dude, a Newport and Coke 45 all day. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's gonna be awesome. That's wrong. Ooh, that's wrong. I'm, I'm gonna have my fucking that's man. Wrong. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out a cherry curl too. It's gonna be beautiful. I'll be out here looking wavy, dripping <laughs> in the street. Literal, little drips on my Yeezys. I mean, at this point, every black person in America can do whatever the fuck they want. So, you know, what, what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah, maybe that's my personal project. I'm going to try to bring back the Jerry Curl. I think it's, I think it's about time. <laughs> it's I think about we need time. Kinda, em, embrace our history. You know, I see flat tops. I see all these old school hairstyles. I think, I think it's time for the drip to come back. The real drip. <laughs> the real drip. figure how to... The real drip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so don't get mad at me if you see me on Instagram with that hashtag looking all wavy with my hair, with my curls, looking glorious. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, And people. on that note, we love y'all. Stay safe. Peace. Peace. <laughs>